Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Going in Circles Podcast's Big Monday Show. My name is Charles Simon. I'm the host of the Going in Circles Podcast Network. My friend and co-host of the Big Monday Show, Barry Spears, will be with us right after the first break. Uh, Barry and I will be at Tampa Bay Downs on Saturday. If you're in the area, check us out. Let us know. Come say hi. But uh, we'll definitely be over at Tampa Bay Downs on Saturday. Um, Tonight, we're going to talk about what else? Bob Baffert and more lawsuits as Churchill Downs seems to be holding their ground. New York Times report came out this afternoon about... uh, about that, which is not entirely unexpected, but we will talk about that. Uh, we'll also give you a rundown of who we would have voted for had we been given Eclipse Award ballots. And, uh, you know, they don't let us play, but they'll tell you who we like. And um, the Mean Queen is definitely going to win Steeplechase. And, uh, you know, various other topics that we always kind of hit on, hit or miss. So uh, check it out. We'll be back in just a minute. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, they have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees. Your mare will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the Freshman Stallion of the Year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it 3 for 3, winning the $400,000 Springboard Mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacrestallions.com or on Twitter at Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out. Good evening. (laughs) What it do? Welcome to today's Big Monday show. And guess what's in the news again today? Our, uh, the news story that uh, I think we predicted will be a news story pretty much every week until <laughs> May 7th, right? That's a prediction I wish was wrong. But unfortunately, it, uh, it looks pretty accurate because Mr. Baffert is back causing mayhem. Yeah. As usual. Expected mayhem this time, though. Expected, exactly. It's. Um, I was just a little surprised on the timing in that it's so early in the process of, you know, triple crown preps and such that 
thought they might wait a little longer, but um, no, I don't think. I, you know, I I thought that at first too, but then I I was thinking also like they they gotta have something. So <laughs> you know, if if he's actually going to try to run, they got to get everything together now. You know, as soon as they can. Well, you know, uh, it takes time for these court cases. So, uh, and honestly, they haven't filed anything yet. Joe Drape kind of broke the story that they had apparently been in contact, Baffert's camp with Churchill Downs, about trying to come up with some sort of settlement, (laughs) which I (laughs) guess seems to have been met with uh, derision by Mr. Karstangen, who... uh, who was pretty adamant in on the record saying that uh, Churchill Downs will vigorously um, defend their stance. And they might uh, believe that they have the upper hand here. And, um, you know, compared to the Naira case, which was a, a different story, and people have to remember that when you're dealing with a court of law, that um, a lot of the technicalities that everybody overlooks when you talk about things are big factors like you know considering that Churchill Downs is a a private company I mean it's a publicly traded company but it's not um Naira is is kind of it's That's difficult state, yeah it's like state it, run it's a difficult to describe situation because it's not really run by the state but the state owns the land um and also controls a number of seats on their board so it's kind of a quasi-state um, uh, organization so the fact that property rights holders they're not the real property owners there so Churchill Downs decidedly is the owner of the property that Churchill Downs sits on so uh, Churchill Downs owns the Kentucky Derby and they um, you know they make the rules and I am not qualified to comment in a legal sense on this, but I think where they might be kind of hanging their head is that um, we can do what we want. <laughs> well, not only that, but the points in that you have to earn points for the race. And I think that um, that might wind up being the key aspect here in that well even if they say you have to be eligible to to earn points and technically he's not eligible right yeah well i guess the point is uh, that they make the rules for their race and mm-hmm. if a court says well baffer can run in the race but you know we can't make churchill downs give those horses points then it's a moot point right right it's a, it's a it's a non-win-win. <laughs> yeah. So, I, and again, I don't know. Maybe uh, if there's a, you know, a wonderful legal mind out there that might have some sort of um, better view of this, hit us up. But um, I mean, this is going to be a. It's like as the world turns, like it's, and it, and it's, it's saga. Know, and, and again, this is this is a big problem that I have with the whole Baffert camp is that 
we talk about what's good for racing a lot and it's weird it's kind of weird it really is weird that that, that is um a factor all the time you know is oh he's good for racing he's not good for racing and this is good for racing that's not good for racing people don't talk about that with other sports right nobody says oh um you know so and so tom brady he's good for football or he's bad for football right <laughs> i mean it's not really i mean i've never heard anyone really bring those kind of terms up and in racing everything is uh somehow codified by oh well you're good for racing or you're bad for racing or you're neutral for racing and um and this i mean on the the glass half full side we are going to get a whole mainstream press for this right it'll be in the uh it'll it'll be out there a lot of free publicity but I don't know. In the end, I think that it would be difficult for a lot of people to see Baffert uh, as a synthetic figure in this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, only the Sinkofans look at him as a sympathetic figure. He is the one whose horses tested positive. The New York Times didn't sneak in and listen, Joe Drape and I have had our you know, words, and and I I don't believe that he's always, um, I don't believe he's always as neutral as he tries to pose himself, but he didn't rub any lotions on Baffert's horses when no one was looking in order to conspire with Churchill to, you know, get rid of this guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's not innocent here. This is, (laughs) and there's just so many um, issues and yeah, none of them are class one medications, right? He wasn't giving them the elephant juice, but he came positive in the Kentucky Oaks the year before for the same drug as the Derby. Okay. So this is not just a mistake. Oh, it's a mistake. Oh, it's a mistake. Oh, it's a mistake. Oh, it's a mistake. Misunderstanding, misunderstanding, misunderstanding. And you know, we're going to have our lawyers, sue everybody and and you know keep pounding on the door and issuing subpoenas and, until you get give us our way and that's how it seems and that that's unseemly except for that weird group of people who are um you know dedicated to the uh, conspiracy theory that that bob baffert is, is somehow being singled out yeah or quote unquote fairness fairness but again yeah, like if, 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 if there was fairness then this Kentucky Derby saga would have been over months ago. W- w- right, would have, would have already <laughs> been, um, you know, determined. Now we're, we're here in January, and and we have to we have to refer to Mandaloon as maybe the Kentucky Derby winner of 2021, and the Kentucky Racing Commission, which is really showing out here, um, you know, still hasn't said anything about anything. Life is good, and and, and Nick's goal will have three crops to the to the, uh, on, the <laughs> on the ground before the, we figure out who won the Kentucky Derby in twenty twenty one. Well, I, I think you know myself not really picking sides. I just want to see this thing kind of end and resolve. But I feel like. Churchill Downs in their statement, what they made today, 
kind of exemplifies what a lot of horse players that I see out there talking about this are feeling like enough is enough. We've had enough of your shit kind of thing. And, you know, that, you know, as much as CDI is vilified for a lot of things, racing and non-racing alike, it's actually a pretty good thing that they're, they're going to kind of go head up with this whether they see it through or not is another story but for the time being the way things are now i i think it's a it's a good thing that they're they're trying to see this through i mean it it sets a good precedent i think for a group like hissa you know who has their own myriad of problems (laughs) starting this whole thing up but you know, it looks, it's very good optically that, that the track is saying, hey, we're not trying to have this anymore. Which is a good thing, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I do agree. I mean, listen, Churchill Downs, I have not, uh, I have not been shy about, about pointedly criticizing them in being, hip, hip, uh, I mean, the hypocrisy sometimes rings from them when they put out a flowering prose about all the <laughs> wonderfulness of, of horse racing, which they love it as they're trying to you know, shut down another circuit. But um, in this can, in this per circumstance, in this case that they are standing up. And I think that's something that, uh, like you said, regardless of, of which side you're on, I think one thing that gets old, and this is, this is not a new subject either is that using your lawyers your team of lawyers as a battering ram to get what you want to get out of trouble is unseemly nobody likes when the millionaire's kid gets out of trouble because his lawyers come in meanwhile the kids from across the tracks they're they they get they stay in trouble but the millionaire's kid skates that's what this is like yes very good example the amount of trainers that could hire the and pay the legal fees that have been accrued over the last few years by Bob Baffert is about like three, right? Like not many. He is paying more in legal fees than most trainers earn a year. So it's it, this is not some poor sap that got singled out because he. He claimed the uh, the owner of the racetrack's horse, and now we're going to run him out of there. This is a guy that got a, a positive in the Kentucky Derby after getting a positive year before in the Kentucky Oaks. After having an, uh, a myriad of problems in the last few years. And the old, uh, oh, well, what about so-and-so? What about this guy? That, that's, that's just detracting from the problem, right? You're just distracting everyone Um with oh oh but what about this and fairness what do you mean fairness there's no <laughs> fairness in horse racing let me just explain this to you okay if you are new to the game be prepared <laughs> it isn't <laughs> fair the betters who bet a lot the whales the computer guys they get better rates than the, re- the regular people the big trainers they get all the stalls they want no not only that they get the races written for them and they get the racing secretaries to get those races to go. So when you see a five-horse race 
and, and there's a big trainer in, in the race at three to five, that's not a coincidence. That wouldn't happen for the small trainers. It wouldn't happen for the medium-sized trainers. It only happens for those people. It's just the way it is. Life isn't exactly fair either. But unlike most other sports, there is no attempt to create any competitive balance in this sport. And very, very, very few people, I guess probably like uh, no one other than Bob Baffert has taken advantage of this to the extreme he has. He didn't create the rules, right? It's not his fault. If all the owners want to send him horses because he wins all the races, that's not his fault. That's the system's fault. That's the racetrack's fault. That's the owner's fault. That's all the people who supposedly have a leadership role in this business just looking the other way and saying, oh, well, you know, what are we supposed to do? Restrain a trade or some nonsense like that. But the game isn't fair. But no one else has got a positive in the Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky <laughs> Derby is bigger than all our other. It, the Kentucky Derby is bigger than second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh races put together. It's the Kentucky freaking Derby. Go to the mall, say, name a horse race, and 99% of the people will name a Kentucky, the Kentucky Derby. And the other 1% will just like look at you, you know, because they're stoned. But that's just. <laughs> The, you know, the way it is, it's the biggest race. It's Churchill Downs has used the Kentucky Derby to, to launch it into a, a, a billion dollar publicly traded company. And it, it's it's a huge, it's just a huge thing. They've they've kind of used the, the Derby as to bludgeon the industry in a lot of ways. Um, because if you want to pay, you know, you want the Derby, you got to pay their, their fees. So, but all that's being said is that if Bob Baffert winds up running in the Kentucky Derby and God forbid winning it, then seriously, nothing I can say, nothing you can say, nothing any of these alphabet soup organizations can say, nothing anyone can say is going to convince people that this shit's on the up and up because they're just going to say, Oh, in the end, they all bent over for Baffert and they let him win. Yep. And and that's that's the worst thing. That's the worst perception we can have. Perception is reality. Yeah. I mean, a guy like me looks at Baffert and says to to himself, and and listen, I have nothing personal against Bob Baffert. Nothing. Bob Baffert is is, I hate to say this after after my little diatribe before, but he's it's good to have a guy like that, right? It's it's like it's why they want. Baseball wants the Yankees or the Dodgers or a team in the World Series because they want a team for America to root against. They don't want, um, you know, the Mariners and the the <laughs> the, uh, I don't know. the Royals. <laughs> right, right, the Royals. Because <laughs> if you're not a fan of one of those two teams or you're not like a sick baseball fan, like you don't really have much rooting interest, right? I mean, you can't create a whole lot of animosity towards the Royals. But that's the thing about guys who are kind of oversized characters in that they do provide some. <laughs> and, and in a lot of cases, it, that's that creates interest. And, and that's, you know, that's something. But he has to take his punishment at some point in some way. If, if he doesn't take anything ever, 
ever, ever, then yeah, you have to wonder. It's like, well, how come this guy doesn't get anything ever? <laughs> Everybody's done their days. Todd Pletcher's done days. Graham Motion did his days. Chris Clement, uh, Shug McGahee. Listen, and I don't even get into the assisting. The testing system sucks. It sucks. And if Heisa has any brains, which they haven't really shown out yet, they would change the system. Just adopting the system that we have. And that's what it seems like they're going to do in a lot of ways is stupid. But that doesn't mean that when you come back positive, you're not positive. You are. The rule might be stupid, but it's still the rule and yeah sometimes you're driving down the highway um and and it goes from five and you don't even notice and hey all of a sudden bang you got a speeding ticket that doesn't mean you're a criminal it doesn't mean that you're even trying to break the rules and sometimes that happens but you got to get a lawyer and pay that you know and, and fight the ticket or pay it right in the end all you do you go in there, you, you plead it down, and, and bang, and, and, that, and, and that's over. Never, ever, ever, ever do that. And that's, and that's what gets a lot of people aggravated. Because it's, it's like our society wants us to take responsibility. They want us to, to they want to see people knock down a peg. And, <laughs> you know, whatever. That, that's just how people are. But in this, in this society, that people will allow for redemption. They'll allow someone to make a comeback, right? And, and to say, hey, listen, I'm going to, you know, I, I got myself straight and I got myself up. I'm going to pick myself and, and come back. America loves a comeback story. But this is getting to be a just. Yeah, a, it's ridiculous. I mean, look at, look at that farce of a hearing or whatever you want to call it for that they had in Arkansas when the same thing happened. Then you got the stuff with the CHRB out in California where, you know, the justify stuff. Then now there's other things that are coming to light and it's like, well, what does this guy have on everybody that he just can't get in trouble? I mean, he went to that hearing in, in, in Arkansas and was like, yeah, it was just a mistake. And they were like, okay. Right. And, and, and it pops up two more times after that. <laughs> and, and let me be clear. Like, when I say, like, he's uh, got a lot of problems, they do. But um, because it just wasn't well thought out. And, mm-hmm. and, that's, and in the end, that's really the problem with that. And that's so much in racing. It's just things are done that just aren't well thought out. And the racing commission, the state racing commissions, they're just not very good. They're just not. Um, they make a, that Arkansas situation, they, they wound up settling in, in that occasion because if they had gone to court, they probably would have lost. And it would have cost everybody a lot of money. And they made mistakes and procedures. Believe me, it's not that interesting to talk about some of this stuff, but suffice to say that the racing commissions as a whole aren't, don't do a great job. 
I mean, that's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty obvious, but, um, <laughs> you know, for, for a variety of reasons, funding in some ways, oversight in some ways, uh, bureaucracy in a lot of ways. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the HISA issues are going to be, HISA, I was reading through some of the, um, commentary and because you know the when you put the laws up you have to put them up for public commentary and there was a lot of things from the regulation side that uh, I hadn't even kind of considered like when the the high sub um, rules state that you know certain things have to be done by the current uh, people and the current regulators, the state regulators, and the employees of those regulators. Well, those are state employees. So if you were in, say, the state of uh, Pennsylvania, well, if they wind up doing work for HISA, who pays them? Right. Is it the government or is it the state? <laughs> Someone was even telling me that it, it, it's actually illegal in some places, it's for you to work for both. You you literally can't work for a state regula- regulatory body and a federal regulatory body concurrently. Um, there's just so many issues that just weren't. This thing should have should have been a a five year rollout. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I guess they're they're hoping that it's going to evolve as time goes on. I mean, it. it it just seems like they want the just something in place to say, Hey, we're here doing something, but I'm sure there's, you know, if it's ever going to work, they're going to have to evolve over a period of time, probably five, six years. It just seems like it was just put together to get passed, to get it passed. And then we'll you know, figure it out once you're there, but yeah, that's not always good either. <laughs> They, they don't have a real representative group to, to be able to do that. And it's not that the people aren't smart people, but none of them have any racing experience. And some of the people that they've brought in are not the people you'll want. Those are the people you want to change from. It, it's, it's just so typical horse racing that the people that you did bring in as industry um you know, advisors are, are people that are screwing everything up, that are part of the, the problem. It's just it's just it's just mind blowing sometimes. Well, it, I, I think it speaks to that whole thing that I always talk about and harp on where it's like, oh, well, that's what we've always done. So you have these people in these places that are like placeholders and that's, that's always the person that's going to be doing these type of things whether or not they're good at their job or whatever it is that they do doesn't matter it's because oh well we know that person that person should go here you know almost like a a a puzzle piece in a way and and it just doesn't make any sense because that's how you get the group think that's how you get into these situations where you're always doing the same thing every time there's no new ideas there's no fresh ideas there's no other angles to come at this from and it, it, it it's just mind-boggling that this this sport industry has been allowed to operate in that fashion for so long 
And I think that's part of the issues here is having that, you know, kind of wheel turning type situation is finally catching up with the industry. And, and it's going to be reflected at least initially in HISA until they figure out, well, hey, you know, everybody's kind of tied in together and this isn't going to work because everybody's going to be looking for favors, looking out for this one because they work with this one under this umbrella. And, and it just, it, it's not conducive. Well, I, like, mean, I, I understand that one of the things they wanted to do is try to avoid conflicts of interests, but yeah, by the but, same token, it's hard, <laughs> which is understandable. But by the same token, when you're looking for people with expertise, it's hard to have them be um, completely devoid of any ties right. to, a, to a business, right? I mean, it's just not an easy task. But that doesn't also mean that every single person in horse racing can't be trusted to like set up laws. I mean, what are we going to do? Put like, uh, um, you know, like hidden. Uh, at least, it's just weird that they, they wouldn't want people who are going to have to operate under the rules to help guide them in that, you know, tell at least give them the, 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 uh, the hey, you, you can't do this because this is going to cause this, right? There's always an action or reaction for every action. Mm-hmm. And making rules sometimes, um, you know, you make a rule for this, but you know, someone with experience could say, well, they'll get around it by doing this. Or, well, if you do that, then this is going to happen. And it's, um, you know, it's just part of that, that process of having people that would quickly see that. And that's the other thing in that, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff, like I said, I went through the, the, the thing and it's tedious. And some of the, the rules and regulations jumped right off the page and he was like, are you, are you serious like this is you know and then a lot of the other ones didn't especially the regulatory side because i've never worked in the regulatory side and it, it didn't even dawn on me that the people like who work in the test bar those people are state employees and they have you know they're, they're working for the state of wh- whatever and i don't know that they can be compelled to just do whatever they're told by a third party, you know, like like that. But I have my doubts that um, that much is going to get done with that this year. Um, I think what their goal is is just to get something established by the July deadline, so that um, you know they can continue legally to to, to move forward probably something along the safety guidelines kind of already set um it's just a matter now of, of getting all the tracks on board uh not, that doesn't say that you know there's not a lot of issues with that that have to be resolved especially when you're talking about um things that keeneland and saratoga could afford that uh maybe you know the downs at santa fe can't um but i don't know it's it's i, I just sometimes i think that maybe we as in people that are already in the industry or, you know, really pay close attention to it. Um, maybe are being a little bit too demanding initially 
because we, I, I think, you know, like me and you obviously know where this initiative or the, the body hissa should be. And they're basically starting from scratch. You know what I mean? So it's, it's kind of hard to see their vision because we don't know what their plans are, but we understand all the problems. And I guess, you know, that's kind of the learning curve. I guess they're going to have to go through is to, that's, that's the thing, Barry, is like, it should have been there already. Like this should have happened five years ago. You're you're creating rules that are going to be laws. So this up, I mean, this has got to be done right from, from the beginning. And, and they've just said nothing, which is really kind of uh, the most, uh, you know, agonizing part about this is they don't say anything. I mean, even the stuff that's been said, been released, was was done by the USADA. And <laughs> now that they're kind of not involved, it's just everyone's in the dark. And and I just I just can't help but think that part of that is because they really are you know, not really sure where they're going. and Right, yeah. No, anyway, no. I'm sure everyone's sick of this shit already. But, ah, you'd um, be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Get a lot of DMs about this. And believe me, a lot of people about this that, you know, I can't always be forthcoming about everything that I'm told, but the common theme is that (laughs) um, (laughs) nobody really has any idea what the hell's going on right now. (laughs) Yeah, It seems nuts, but... uh, It does, but it, you know... know. The Dolphins fired their coach after they had two winning seasons. (laughs) And they had had two winning seasons in the last 11 years. And a seven-game winning streak this year. Yeah, seven out of the last eight, beat the Patriots twice, beat Baltimore. But, yeah. <laughs> no. it's, it's, it's Giants clown. guy still has a job, though. Clown. It's a clown show sometimes. Like, sometimes we, we kind of long to have rules and be, be kind <clears throat> of like pro sports, but they're not impervious to nonsense. Terrible <laughs> moves, either. <laughs> yeah. Um. I was kind of having, you know, relatively fun tonight. And, uh, like, uh, I always do something fun, man. I mean, we just flip the switch. No, I was thinking that our, our, you know, our non-official because we're not we're not fancy folders like all these. See, people. but that see that would lead into more controversy with my pick, <laughs> because one of them would be, of course, Medina Spirit would be my number one pick. Three year old male. Oh, you know, listen, that's your that's your choice. It it isn't as though. Uh, essential quality had such an outstanding year that uh, you know he's a shoe in. Well, of course, my th- spirit is is, <laughs> is is he didn't win the. He's really make a case for him, but 
you know, as now, <laughs> it's uh, it, it's such a horse racing thing, right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> Who would your horse of the year be? Oof. It's got to be Nick's go, man. Yeah, that's what I've got. It's Nick's go. He was the best older horse. He won the biggest race, and he and he won a he won a bunch it of. It wasn't them. like he was winning these races because he got a soft lead, or he, he won the race at the sites of all year. He won the Pegasus, that's in the sidetracked over, but um, you know, still didn't run bad this summer. Yeah, he galloped into Whitney. Um, yeah, I mean. I mean, he took his he took his show everywhere. I mean, he 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 did he danced a lot of dances enough, you know. I mean, there was nobody better than him, to be honest. <laughs> I didn't and, think well, so. I think that there's also a lack of a of a runner up. Could you vote? <laughs> Voting for Latrushka. Uh, she had right. But she also got beat 35 lengths in the staff. Um, so it's really hard to remember that didn't beat the boys in our last race. That's here. Um, I guess people, well, one. <laughs> I've seen one person that, uh, that didn't, didn't, um, uh, Cornish's two year old male. Uh, that's Miss uh, Andrew Andrew Champagne, who just he he just didn't use bathroom. On, on the, just on the didn't car. do it. He just, just didn't go there. No, he did not go there. And he uh, he voted for Jack Christopher, which was uh, I guess if, if I was going to go with a uh, with a, with a protest um, a protest uh, eclipse, I probably would have. Uh, horse who won the, the two at, at Del Mar. Um, the horse, oh, oh no, modern games, yeah. I, I would probably put modern games just as my kind of like you know, don't forget how badly this got, but um. Pretty clear cut. I mean, Cornish won the yep. uh, the juvenile after winning call the races San Anita. <laughs> um, but whatever it was, he won it, and to have much, much, much. Because uh, if you voted, you know. <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, any arguments yeah. with those two? I, mean, I guess Cornish was like, you know, kind of like the default. I mean, there really wasn't anybody else. I mean, like you said, the, the only way you could actually vote against that horse is if you were doing like Andrew did, and just was like, you know, what's funny. Nope. You know, what's funny about Cornish is that he, he respect. No, he doesn't like, like considering him like a derby horse. It's 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 so odd that. He's kind of like, you know, the typical Bob Baffert, speedy, 
come to hand two year old that of course is gonna be juvenile champion and and, and best horse that Baffert has. Kind of like yeah. uh, last year. Though was credentialed. You're in that huge, huge, huge number. He's winning races with you. Getting back to that. That other horse that he unveiled, I'm really fond of, unfortunately. Which one? <laughs> Wharton. Oh. <laughs> or like one. a monster, my guy. So like the 19 hands tall horse? Yeah, the giant one. Yeah. The horse looks like a monster. This week. I saw that. But he's really up against it. And Warden has about 19 different owners, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that horse looks like a monster. Just I'd have to tell you. Throwing that out there. If I was a billionaire, <laughs> I wouldn't be partners with anybody. Me I'm either. You. But, like, why would you want to be partners with people? Just... Right. I want to know for myself. I want to beat Shit. you so I put my index finger on your forehead and say, I beat you. That's, That's the one thing about the Calumet guy. He doesn't partner with nobody. He, does <laughs> he runs in a lot of crazy spots. But um, All right. We talked about three-year-old male. I would vote for essential quality. Just because, like I said, if Medina Spirit is to lose the Derby, <laughs> credentials are are really take a big, big hit. Um, <clears throat> three-year-old Philly kind of came down to like a um, a war of attrition, right? I mean, Mouth that looked like she was going to be a runaway winner until. She started losing, though taking into consideration her, her season is probably the best. I mean, did we lose Barry? We might have lost Barry. We'll take a break and see if we can find Barry. Hey guys, I wanted to talk to you quickly about some of the changes coming to the Going in Circles Digest, which is our sort of weekly newsletter that we've put out that covers a a wide variety of topics. Uh, Just lately, we've added some guest columnists. Sid Fernando wrote a great piece for us a couple weeks back, and Julian Brown has really helped us out with some uh, excellent handicapping uh, articles and we're going to expand on the handicapping especially uh you know with julian's writing who who used julian used to write for american turf monthly um but it's something that uh, we we think people seem to have be interested in and certainly any timely topic is, is something that's going to be covered and uh we're going to do a lot of uh, our weekly previews, especially for the big days and, and the Triple Crown races. 
Uh, we also want to put it out there that anyone that has something to say, you can be a guest writer. Just contact me. There's a, vo- a variety of ways going in circles podcast at gmail.com is probably the easiest. And we'll uh, we'll put you out there. And we're not exactly uh, at the distribution point of the New York Times or anything, but we do get a lot of click-ons. And if you have something to say, well, we'll help you say it. All right, guys, if you have any suggestions, anything you want to hear about, anything you want to read about, hit me up, goingincirclespodcast.gmail.com, and uh, check it out, goingincirclesdigest.substack.com. Free subscription. Thanks, guys. Well, you're back. Yeah. It's like uh like I feel like Marty McFly, like I went back to the future and back again. We we had to take a quick there. Um, but I'm back. Never. Yeah, three old Phillies. That's where we left off. Kind of saying that mouth that looked like she was gonna dominate the division. She won the Alabama. All of a sudden, she did. She, I guess, she kind of had the best overall. She did run well in the in the, in the, the this staff, and who had a better, better season. season. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was tough. Like a a three year old turf filly, like four graded stakes or something like that. Yeah, I, I could buy that. I mean, it, it, it's another one like Corniche where, you know, really, who else could there have been? I don't know who else you, you could really say had a, a year that good. Yeah. It uh... And it looked in the season. It looked like it was going to be a, uh, a for for um, three year old dirt at least, and it just it just never happened. I mean, yeah, because you know, like Clarier could have been, but she kept running behind other right. <laughs> I mean, you could I guess you could make a case for Santa Barbara, maybe. Yeah. I mean, she stakes, but she didn't really have a huge seat. Right, Malthat's body of work was better, slightly. All right. Um, um male sprinter. It's got to be Jackie's warrior. Although I, I could make the case Golden Pal was probably second. But Jackie's Warriors a beast. Wow. No, that's what I mean. You know, Golden Pal raced, what, three times? Four yeah. times? Three? Didn't he run? The yeah. Switch. He didn't run a step. Oh, right. So, 
Yeah, Jackie's warrior. It seems logical there. With you there. Um, <laughs> Billy Sprinter. Yeah, see, this is this is where I have to say, you gotta. I have to go with gaming. Gamine, gaming. Over. I think it's. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see. Um, CC had a decent year. Sprint has almost always gone to, um, to the breeders. You know, mostly because there's just not very many, you know, graded, grade one especially, races for fillies. <laughs> That's true. I would probably vote for CC. I I would vote for Gamine. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold it against anyone for voting for Gammy. I mean she did have a good year. And <laughs> and she suffered a little bit from she wasn't as good as she was the year before. Right. right. So it's even still... though if, if you put a different name on her on her season and a different trainer, obviously, because of all the all that nonsense. She might be unanimous pick. She'd have a lot more uh backing, I, I believe, but uh I hate to say this, but this was really a crappy year, man. <laughs> yeah, when you look at it, like if you look at the awards and you're like, wow, man. I mean, vote. Somebody's going to vote for, like, like for instance, in the older male dirt division, like we were talking about Nick Scoe's Horse of the Year. And obviously that should correlate to an older dirt male yeah, well, award. It's... But then you see the horses that you had to choose from, like Maxfield. Really, Mystic Guide, huh? Silver State. No, no, it's it's right. Like, well, you know, behind Nick's go, who who was there? Like, Nick's go is a slam dunk. I mean, for Phillies, Latrushka is a slam dunk. Yeah. Um. Now, to me, the female turf horse. That's another tough one because they were all. I am going. So, to, if, I would. I would have said personally. I would have went with "Loves Only You." I, I I get that. I mean, my thing about "Loves Only You" is that she, she ran. Is, is that, they don't live here. Well, not that. That I thought Warlike Goddess had a really good year. She was consistent all year. She won all her races. And she ran really good in the Breeders' Cup. She just got beat. And the course probably beat her having to come wide. She was like the only horse to really rally wide like that. And uh, I mean, when a Miesk comes over or a Goldakova comes over and they just dominate, and we didn't have anybody else that, you know, the Phillies looked more like the boys which we'll get to in a second, then I could say, yeah, I get behind that. But I think Gloves Only You had a really good year. She won she won a bunch of stake races, and she was pretty dominant in those races. It wasn't as though she was tripping out or, or winning because everything's set up. Um, and honestly, like I said, she, she was a really good... Even her last race, though, 
that was the one that kind of sealed it for me. Yeah. So. Uh, male turf horse. <laughs> they should just eliminate that category this year. <laughs> Give it the channel maker. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Channel cat, give it to give it to him. Boy, it's, it's... <laughs> I, it was awful. Like, I mean, domestic spending was was okay until he wasn't right, and <laughs> and then you can't vote for any California turf horses. That's out of the question because they weren't good. Nope. So who's that? Who's that leave? Well, you got two Breeders' Cup winners. I was gonna say overseas. you. Your beer, your beer, space blues. Flip a coin. I'd go with probably space blues, <laughs> but Jesus, yeah, they they need to get rid of that one this year. Abstain. Uh, steeplechase horse, the mean queen. Come on, that's all. Yeah. Um, I hate the human categories. I really what? do. Owner breeds, like the owner and the breeder, like. I need some guidance. What is this supposed to be? If, if we're just going to give it the to massive outfits every year, then what's the point? I mean, it's, right. it's like college football, right? Where no matter who you are, no matter how good of a season you are, you've had Alabama's still going to win it. You know? Well, yeah, that's how it is with like Godolphin. I mean, I mean, Godolphin had a great year, but. Don't they always? Aren't they supposed right. to? Exactly. Aren't they supposed to with all the research? Right. So that's like, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know how to. Uh, I don't really know how to to rate those categories because. What's I'm the, not sure what the Eclipse them, Award is supposed to be for them. What What makes them better this year than last year or better? Especially than the breeder. Yeah, that's that's really arbitrary. Like, <laughs> so is it the person that bred one really good horse or two really good horses, or is the 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 conglomerate that breeds five hundred a year that that happen to get you know twelve steak horses? I mean, I don't know. It's yeah, it's confusing. I'm with you. Um, jockey. Yeah, you know who it is. <laughs> My man, 50 grand. I know who it's not. Jay Rosario. Oh, I know who it's not. <laughs> it's not It's not Stephen Frett. <laughs> I give him credit, though. In the in, what did I yesterday when he got out like nine paths and then looked over his right shoulder and said, like, hey. what the hell? And he hit the horse again. <laughs> He took out the whole field. Man. It, it was the rare Naira DQ that didn't have uh, people screaming from all different angles. All everyone everyone agreed it? with Mr. Fret being taken down there. Saturday was a de- just wild opinions, I thought. I, I thought it was a pretty easy takedown, but what do I know? I think it was a complicated... It was complicated, I guess, is the best way to put it. And that 
the three did come over, and we're talking about what was that race? The the New York Bread Stake, uh, the eighth race at Aqueduct on Saturday. He did come over, but he never really came over. And yeah, he, he kind of put he put Lascano in a bad spot. Well, he put the three I'm talking about, not not to my not boy Tate. The horse who was on the lead, the Carmouche yeah. was on. But to me, the way that that Eric Cancel reacted to the horse coming over wasn't to take up. It wasn't to try to straighten his horse out. It wasn't to push back. It was to come over on the horse inside of him. <laughs> yeah, it's just. And he was never in danger. Like the other horse in front of him never came over on him and cut his path off. He came over about a path and a half at the eighth pole. Right. But he, he didn't force the Cancel to like um to continue to, to ride Lescano into the rail, which he did. It was a tough call. I, I would have no problem taking them both down. But that's everybody's going to sit here and complain about the way I read rides and rough riding and this and that. Well, we can't have a guy that's, that's, that's hitting his horse right-handed as he's putting another guy into the rail and then say, Oh, well, it's okay because the other horse came over on him. It's, it's not okay uh, to me at least. No, you're right. I, I mean, he, he, you could, you could safely say that he wasn't doing everything he could to keep that horse straight. And that's, to me was the difference between him staying up and staying, you know, and, and getting taken down. Like you said, the horse up top, the three kind of drifted in a little bit, but not drastic enough for that kind of <laughs> evasive maneuver. <laughs> I think, I just think that the three, the horse drifted over. He did, he did drift over. There's no doubt about that, but I just thought the reaction to that drifting over was to, basically clobber another horse um i mean he was literally sideways on the horse mm -hmm. uh, i don't know I, it was a tough call if they had left it alone i wouldn't have made a big deal about it i didn't bet the race at all i didn't i didn't i actually i didn't even see the race until i saw somebody said there was an inquiry <laughs> so but once i watched it a few times i said well you know there's kind of separation between the horse on the lead and, and Cancel's horse a little right. bit. And, and even he, he caused, he's the one who caused the, 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 his horse to, to go into, um, right, because horse. Weren't head and head, you know what I mean? Like, right. Kind of behind. So, um, but not, I mean, much. listen, there's a lot of tough calls and, and that yeah. was a tough call. That was a and, tough you know, one. people saying, Oh, this is the, most, the worst call I ever saw. Are you crazy? Worst call you ever saw. No, the worst. Have you, have you watched Monmouth? Hello, <laughs> or California? No, the they worst. Call the wrong horses. It was a standard bread. That one you showed me from uh, the Red Mile. Oh my God, that was the worst ever. That was the worst. That was the worst I've seen. Gabe, Gabe, and I still laugh about that. <laughs> but that one at Monmouth was second. Yeah, when the when 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 Paco should have got the Academy Award, man, he checked, he air checked. <laughs> well, California had a bunch of them last year. They had a bunch of them. Where oh, just, yeah, like in consecutive days. They took the one horse down because he went by too fast or something. It, it was. 
I don't know, but Barry, the one thing that, that gets me is, and, and I've been a proponent of this for a while, is that stewards have got to clean the game up. The jockeys can't be expected to clean the game up. The stewards have to do it. The right. stewards have to make sure that the jockeys know that it's unacceptable to when you're making contact with the horse inside of you who's on the rail to keep hitting your horse right-handed. The jockeys have to, to be um, reminded uh, to ride straight. And that by reminded, I mean given days or giving increasingly bigger fines. And that's the thing is you don't always have to take a horse down to find the jockey. And don't find these guys 500 bucks. Guys, guys make $20,000 a week. You're going to find out 500 bucks? <laughs> Come on. thousand and walk, walk away easily. Yeah. <laughs> so it's oh, a, an epidemic of some sort. I mean, and it's everywhere. Everywhere you ride, there, there's guys zigzagging all over the place. And you know what? It didn't used to be that way. Yes, there was always riding. There's always issues in races. There was always tight quarters. Yes. But you watch how guys will look over, over their shoulder, to the right or to the left, and angle over there. That stuff didn't used to happen on the regular basis like it does now. It just didn't. Watch the races from 20 years ago. I know it's, the video isn't high def and it you know, might hurt your poor eyes. But <laughs> could you imagine the, the, the great race, the, the Holy Bull won the Travers with concern? <laughs> These days, they would have wound up in the 14 path. <laughs> Seriously, that's if Irad was riding, that's riding why. Holy Bull, and Concern was the only horse coming on the outside, he would have herded him to the to the winner circle outside. He, he'd, he'd, have, he'd have been over to crown of the track. Like that uh, St. Mark's Basilica one. Oh, that was ridiculous. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Everybody's like, oh, we should have those category one rules. Yeah, guess what happens when we have them? Nothing. Let me tell you something. The stewards are never going to have enough uh, cojones to find these guys the, the proper amounts or set them down the proper length of time to really make a difference. It's just not going to happen. And think about it. Under the rules we have now, the guys are all over the track. You tell them, don't worry, your your numbers is going to stay up. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't care, especially in a big race. They're like, yeah, whatever, man. I don't. I wouldn't blame them. And you know what? If you're if you're the connections, that that's how you want your jock to ride, right? So they're not going to discourage you. <laughs> but you don't. They're going to be encouraging it because you're still going to get the purse. <laughs> you know, you interfere with six horses, but you win, you get the purse, and the jock gets the punishment. Sign me up. No problem. But when that happens, be prepared for, you know, people jumping over the fence and, and, and setting the tote board on fire when a horse takes out three horses and gets left up. It's not an easy thing to do. I mean, let's talk about Heisa. We talk, right? That is something that should have been involved in, and it's not. Is is I don't know how race riding, how, how the whip use, uh, they can make a rule for whips, but they can't make rules for riding. Steering, yeah, yeah. That that to me is a little baffling. Just another case of 
of people who really don't get it um, calling the shots there. But that is a safety issue. I mean, that is the one of the most obvious safety issues that exists. I mean, what <laughs> what more could be uh, what, what could be a, a bigger safety issue than a guy using his horse as a, a, an eleven hundred pound uh, battering ram? Right. I mean, it's um, it would be nice to have the same rules everywhere. Yes, it, it really would be like New York the other day it was a horse that beat the gate. And, you know, there's they're claiming, though, I can't find the rule in the rule book, though. It's hard to it's not you have to look at it online and it's kind of really it's a it's not easy to do, but. They're saying that if horse beats the gate, then they're not, they're disqualified. They're not declared a non-starter. What? <laughs> but, it, but if it was in a different state, then they could be declared a non-starter. And the, I mean, let's just standardize rules on, on the track. I mean, I can't believe why would we have different rules from state <laughs> to state? That doesn't make sense. I can't believe there's more than one on that issue. <laughs> That's absurd. Uh, all right, we, we haven't finished. All right, we're we're an owner breeder. We like yeah, whatever. And apprentice jo- jockey, apprentice jockey. I don't know the guy. Guy in Maryland was on fire. Charlie Marquez. Yeah. Justin Pfeiffer. Yes. Okay. Showed more versatility. If I had an actual vote, I would have actually paid attention and I would have actually done more research, but because I, I don't really play Maryland. I don't really play California. I don't I don't know who John Geraldo is or where he rides. I'm sorry to but Mid-Atl- um He's mid Atlantic also. Like yeah, I, don't, I don't I don't have an opinion, but if I did, if I had an official vote, then I would have got an opinion. I would have watched and I would have done the research, which is always kind of a cop out when people say, Oh, well, I'm gonna abstain because I don't know enough about it. Well, you know, it's horse racing, okay? <laughs> Not that hard to look it up. Look up the numbers. That's what that's what the game is built upon. Right? Just look at it. Talk to people. It takes five minutes. Um, but I don't have a vote, so I don't know. I'd give it to Jessica Pfeiffer because I like the name Jessica. Okay. Um trainer. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this was a slam dunk for Brad Cox. I'd vote for Appleby. I don't care. Well, I mean, <laughs> he got a good case. <laughs> got a good case. I, I can't say that, that. The only time the guy lost is when he beat him. When his, he beat his other him. horse beat him. His other horse. He did it on the East Coast. He did it in, 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 in the West Coast. He went to Canada with a, with a with Bill Walton Street. <laughs> it was his third string. Yeah, he he, he kicked their ass in the two-year races. The whole, I mean, he did it all. You ain't lying. <laughs> he earned as much money as John Sadler did. <laughs> in, in, like, in like 15 starts I was going to say in like a quarter of the races it's got to be the, the greatest um, earnings per start 
Yeah, he was, he was money in the bank. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess we could, I, I guess somebody could make a case for Asmussen also breaking the record. Yeah, I could see somebody just saying, "Hey, you should get it." So it's not not. I guess I'll take that back. It's not a slam dunk, but I would have voted for Brad Cox. Appleby, I, I Charlie Appleby and, and William yeah. B. <laughs> no, no, we not deals for those dudes. Did they have says, Buicks in England? I don't even think they have Buicks in England. No, they have a lot of Peugeots though. Peugeot and Range Rovers, Audis. Mercedes, of course. Of course. <laughs> what will be a ten on on Saturday? Can't wait, man! I wish it was tomorrow because that would mean that I would be driving out there. <laughs> and I'm ready to go now. <laughs> Work hard, play hard. Ready to play hard. And then. That's ah, more of a social affair, though. I think it's going to be more of a social affair on Saturday. But still, I like that kind of social affair where I can still hit a few races without being crazy. Unless I, unless I stay up late. Like on Thursday, handicapping my face off for Saturday. We... Yes, mid seventies, no rain. No rain. Picture... Yeah, it's supposed to get cooler on Sunday though. But Saturday, mid mid seventies, just like we like it. Yeah, man. Winter is doesn't seem like it's coming. <laughs> Sir, <laughs> you got to put an asterisk next to that. <laughs> well, here, <laughs> I mean, sorry, sir. It, it gets it gets down. I'd say sixty ish for like the last two weeks of the year, and then it's back up to seventy, seventy five. We had like three days where it was not. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was four eighties. It was it was eighty two today. Right, that's perfect. That's can't get better. Ten day forecast in Hallandale. Uh rain for Wednesday and Thursday. So uh guess what? More tapita. Mm. Um temperature I see for the high temperature mm. the next ten days is next at yes. Yeah, winter's just not... We're just not going to have winter this year. <clears throat> um, well, that, that gets us to almost the 25th of January in South yeah. Florida with without a really chilly day. It just there hasn't been it. Global. Yeah, that's in the background. That's the elephant in the room. But I was thinking that you know, 
they're going to shut down the, the turf course until Pegasus Day? They really should, to be honest. Well, they haven't been on it very much. No, they really they really should just scrap it until... There's, there's rain three days. I'm guessing Wednesday. Because it, you know if it rains like... In the move. Um, <laughs> the weekend, the weekend's full. Maybe, maybe they'll um, get the outdoor scoreboard up. Have we figured out who's running in the Pegasus outside of Nick's no. going? Life is good because uh, they had like four Todd Pletcher's horses were invited, and he doesn't seem to have any interest in running any of the other ones. Yeah, so, why would... uh, <laughs> he knows what he has. Clearly, <laughs> Mandaloon and Midnight Bourbon <laughs> won't be showing up. Um, and they're supposed to run next weekend at uh, the fairgrounds. I see. I'd like to see Concept Tour show up, but I don't know if that's. In the cards, They're especially the, the, do, you, do you think do you think they'll have a fifty card that day? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> early. Yeah, yeah. He's he's showing up for that race, I, but not for that race. Maybe for the House Hope, going a mile on the undercard. Speaking of. Not- Speaking of the undercard, the, the two turf races might be pretty damn good. <laughs> races? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not exactly Tom <clears throat> Fletcher who's showing up for any of these races. <laughs> it's funny because, like, Horse Racing Nation has, like, a, a page dedicated to the 2022 Pegasus. And there's only three horses. <laughs> On there is probables. Oh, they add, they added another another probable. It was uh the other Pletcher horse, I think. Fearless oh yeah, horse? yeah. He's he's not. He's gonna run in the undercard. Right. So it's basically just Nick's go and life is good. I'd like to see. Some... Would you be really enthused <clears throat> those two horses if you had a really good horse? Not that there's that many really good horses. Depending on my the... horses, right? Oh uh, yeah. Like I think a horse like Sir Winston. Oh, Sir Winston would be a natural. Right. At least that. I mean, what's the payday on that? On a three million dollar race, third. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. Gazuntite, a three hundred k. So in that I'm... in that in that area. And just think, you know, you, you would think that there's a really good possibility that those two horses won't finish one, two, just on their running style alone. Only two in the race. True. But they, they might just be so far ahead of everybody. I'm here for it, though. Man, that's going to be great if it happens. I want it to happen. I need it to happen. I mean, flight line's not coming. No, definitely not. They said he said a race in March. One, yeah. one before the Met Mile. 
one race before the Met Mile is in March. <clears throat> eight rings. Isn't that, isn't that Baffert's horse, eight rings? Yes, yes. Yeah. I see that horse in two. He's not coming. Why not? Baffert, Baffert never ships to, to South Florida. What do you mean? He won it. With who? Uh, mucho Gusto. He, he That was an audible, too. He was like, hey. Go yeah, Mucho Gusto had a chance to win it. I mean, eight rings couldn't win it. If I was riding Life is Good and you were riding Nick's Go. Sir, disrespectful. Express train? Would you ship him across country to get a spanking? Ginobili's would, would definitely run in the mile race. He didn't run very well last time out. Midnight Bourbon's not coming. I mean... There's like literally nobody left, man. Well, I saw the caveat that they're going to adjust the invitations. Over well, the listen, if you want to be inv- invited, you can be invited. If you, if you have a, a horse that's not like a 20 claimer and you want to run in there, they will invite you. That That's not a problem. Well, I'm sure we're going to see a whole new list next Sunday. It's it's not a uh, it's not a, the, the velvet <laughs> rope is, is is dangling, man. They're they're dying to let people in. <laughs> I just don't think a lot of people want to go in this club. They got two gangsters in there. You don't want to mess with these two. <laughs> oh man! Somebody telling got... you, you could be, it could be, it could wind up being a, a mattress. No, we don't want that. I kind of want, I kind of want that mattress. I'd it'd like be, it'd be kind of a, they'd go at it now. Oof. Man, that'd be Throwdown City. Well, the turf, the Pegasus turf, the C- Colonel Liam is uh is definitely pointing there. Yes. Uh, I think your your boy Channel Cat, right? Channel yep. Cat, he might show up. I don't know who else is going to really show up there, though. That's what I mean. It's just so wild that you know Largent isn't. No, he he ran a. He did not. He didn't run well the other day. No, he did not. <clears throat> he did not. They said it was a, a prep for the Pegasus, but I don't think it was a prep for the Pegasus. I think that was the that was it. A, yes, that was it. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think that there was any intention of Mister Pletcher running that horse back, and unless the horse won by twelve or something, but. Uh, uh, maybe never surprised. I'm down Kinda with try, trying to trying to follow the the footsteps of uh, Colonel Liam in the Tropical Park Derby to the Pegasus. I'm sure Maker will have a couple in there, right? He always does. It's just amazing how Colonel Liam just like tailed off after that last year. He just didn't. Oh, after the uh, the race in the, on Derby Day, where he dead heated, yeah, and that, and that that was kind of it for him. It. He really didn't do much at all after that. <laughs> Doswell, he'll probably be in there, right? Channel Cat, Traveler, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll try it. Many spots. <clears throat> I'm okay with that. And running out, right? You would think. And then this Philly Pegasus Philly turf, which 
Doesn't look too bad. Uh, which is, no, looks it's good race. Right. That's what I said. Those those undercard races actually might be better than the the main attraction. As long as they don't have Amari Stoudemire riders up again, we're good. For somebody. I don't know. Last year, <clears throat> it was so weird <clears throat> that I didn't even realize he's the one that did the riders up. Because we were all isolated in one area and we couldn't leave. Yeah, that was... That was that was strange. <laughs> But we're looking forward to it. Hopefully the weather, the good weather continues. It will. So I think we got that one bad year when Oof. City of Light won that was just miserable. That was not a good day. <coughs> it just rained the entire day. I remember waking up that morning and it was pouring rain. And it just kind of rained all day. <laughs> it didn't stop. Did not stop. Didn't even stop when we went to Brew's room. Still raining. That's right. It was raining down <laughs> Sundays in that place. Raining brownie Sundays. <laughs> uh, a perfectly good brownie Sunday ruined freaking Rodney. So, uh, so that's about it for this week. You got anything else? No, sir. I'm I'm just waiting for Saturday so we can, you know, do our thing. Give out some high fives. Yeah, we'll be there you know? Saturday, Tampa Bay Downs. If you uh, see us, we're the... Uh... <clears throat> we're Barry and Chuck. Yeah, Chuck will be the one signing all the autographs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tampa, Tampa, we'll be we'll be about the third youngest people there. <laughs> Definitely the two tallest. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so man, Eddie C, tallest guy in the game. Eddie C, he's gonna be there. He'll be over at the driving range, trying <clears throat> to hustle some old timers for, with trick trick shots. <laughs> It should be. A, they have some decent races, right? The, the there's a pair of hundred and twenty five thousand dollars stake races. One for Phillies, one for Colts. The Gasparilla and something else. I forget the other name. It's a Skyway preview day. I think they call it. Didn't know it was a thing, but should be fun. I'm just happy it's not going to be raining. Well, that's a good thing. Though it is Florida and you never know. Mm, don't do that. Well, like I said, we'll have fun on Saturday and we'll report back on Monday. Oh, we sure will. I'm going to have video, so we're going to be videographing. Nice. Sounds like a plan. Well, going to go and watch the rest of this boring national championship game, which Alabama, I'm sure, will win in the end, because they always do. 
which of course makes Rodney happy because he's somehow an Alabama fan. How? How does this happen? I don't even know. Rodney's never even been to Alabama. <laughs> guy, guy grew up in Saratoga, lives in LA, and he's somehow an Alabama fan. <laughs> but he always was. So I never forget we had seats. Kenny No gave us seats to the the, the Orange Bowl one year. The year Michigan played Alabama. And Sean Alexander was the big star for Alabama. I remember they a, that. They had a backup quarterback named Tom Brady was the was playing for Michigan. And the game wound up being a great game. Went to overtime and Alabama won it. And uh you know who was blowing up the phone? <laughs> and I you know the one thing about that, I remember Kenny No gave us tickets. He gave us like a stack of tickets. And uh we were in the 50-yard line in the upper deck. They were good seats. And there wasn't that many people there. I mean, the place, there was probably, I don't know, 40,000 people in the 65, 70,000 people sitting. Yeah, I'll never forget that. It was, it was a great game, too. I mean, it went back and forth the whole game. And like I said, we didn't know Tom Brady was. Sean Alexander, he was the star player. He was the guy. Yeah. But, uh, yep. Now those same tickets probably be five hundred dollars a pop. <laughs> Easily, yes, sir. But um, that's uh, the Knicks won already, so I'm still kind of stunned that the Dolphins fired the best head coach they've had in twenty years. Yeah, that's no bueno. We'll get hired up, right? He'll be, he'll get hired by someone right away. The Bears, and we'll bring in some jerk because this guy Stephen Ross is a jerk. <laughs> he's, he's 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 a jerk, man. The guy bought the team, and his big <laughs> play was, oh, I sold minority shares to Serena Williams and 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 Mark Anthony and and J Lo. Like I don't care. <laughs> Sign a freaking linebacker, jerk. Can he just take it back and be like, "No, nah, we're just kidding." Oh, we... and then, then he was gonna all oh, the celebrities are gonna have a celebrity thing. I, I felt like, you know, what I felt like doing. I felt like doing Ray Lewis on the guy, not shoot him, but like go over there and, and like you know put put my shoulder right into his chest and crush him to the ground. Nobody cares about that stuff. Oh, we have the tennis tournament now. We stole Key Biscayne, and now it's in a parking lot. Out, 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 who cares? <laughs> it's baffling sometimes what, what people with billionaires what, what they with the things they think people are interested in and then and sometimes i think they just get sold a bill of goods <laughs> but, but they're never gonna get better if they keep firing their coach no you know what the guy wasn't perfect but he was getting better and there's one thing the defense was going to be a top five defense next year and the offense literally had to get better right they had to get better if they just if they found three guys off the street at flanagan's they they were eating the rib dinners and brought them and and put them at guard and tackle they would have a better line can we get actual the flanagan yes the The guy on the sign can we get him he'd make a hell of a tackle (laughs) Oh, it's just frustrating because it's like now now they're starting over again. Again. 
again. I know, like... I feel bad for Tua, you know? <laughs> he gets put in the middle of it. And um, you have... Oh, over the last uh, three years, or excuse me, the last two years, they have the ninth best record in, in football. And they fired him. This is a team that had no winning seasons for a decade before this guy came. But, yeah. Weak sauce. So, what are you gonna do? At least I have something to com- something to complain about next week when they hire some jerk. <laughs> convinced they're hiring a jerk, huh? I'm convinced they're gonna hire a jerk. They better not hire Jim Harbaugh. Oh man, that would be the worst. Take his brother, but not Jim. <laughs> Jim's showing interest. I bet you they do get him. <clears throat> well, it just doesn't make sense that the guy who's and, and the guy had a great draft last year. I'm not gonna knock him. He 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 picked three guys who are well, two guys especially, three guys that are gonna be above average or all pro players. But that doesn't make up for the last five years of of missing. Like two years ago they missed I mean, they drafted Austin Jackson in the first round at 18. He can't, he's not even a decent guard. I was going to tackle. They, <laughs> they drafted the kid out of uh, Auburn in that same draft with, with the pick they got from the Seahawks, <clears throat> like the 31st pick Dead. in the first round. He can't get on the field. Nope. He's a special teams guy. <clears throat> you can't have three first round draft picks and come away with, with nothing. Two guys that are busts. <laughs> no. Got put it, but he picked Charles Harris over over T.J. Watt. Mm. <laughs> Even Charles Harris's mom wouldn't pick him over T.J. Watt. <laughs> she told me. Oh, I'm sorry. I had to 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 beat you in fantasy basketball this week. I don't even want to talk about. It. I had the Player of the Month in both Western and Eastern Conference. Yeah, that was insane. Not to mention my guys were all COVID-ridden. You got Embiid and, and Donovan Mitchell. My guys were on COVID leave. Joe Harris and his weak-ass ankle are still out. Still? Still. Uh, no Joe Harris. My guys are on the COVID list, off it, back on it. It's just it's futile at this point. Just need to I get- got mellow. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how desperate I, I, I have I am. And, and I almost, league, there's I, like there's like nine there's like nine categories. Mellow's good in one scoring points. <laughs> I almost picked him up. Just as... free throw percentage. He's good at free throw percentage, but <laughs> but I had to pick him up. I mean, yeah, I, I needed forwards. All my guys were either injured or coveted. I got Luke Kennard, and then he got hurt or, or got coveted. So I got Roy Hashimura, right? He comes back and immediately goes onto the COVID list. <laughs> I tell you though, I, I, it's yeah. been interesting, and, and I know it's it's kind of crazy, but it's 
kind of cool to see a lot of these guys getting a shot, right? A lot of these G League guys, the guys that have been playing overseas, coming back and and they're getting a chance. And it's it's only because of the desperation of teams just to get live bodies out there. Oh yeah, like when I went to the game in in, in Orlando, um, literally half the players on both teams were G League guys. Yeah, it's but uh, the the one guy to the guy to I can't think of his name Sykes I think he plays for the Pacers now, and he hit the winning shot two years ago in that uh, the basketball tournament. You know they have an ESPN, yeah, what's called the basketball tournament. And oh yeah, he was playing for Bayheim's Army, and he had been playing overseas for the last seven or eight years, and uh, and he hit the winning shot. And then think two years later he'd be playing, you know, against the Knicks on and uh, Madison Square Garden for the Pacers and scoring 18, 19 points. It's it's kind of cool though because you know what the guy's getting a real shot and and it's not though he's going to become like a starter or he's an all star or anything like that. But hang on, carry fifteen guys. Yeah, hang on. He can become a guy who can play. He can be the twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth guy, the emergency guy, and make make him some money. And I mean, it's crazy the the ten day contracts. The guys make fifty thousand in ten days. Yeah, and that's that's more than they make playing in the G League the whole year. So, anyways, probably only weird people like me think that that's interesting. Nah, I'm but, not, yeah, because I know a lot of guys like that. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, it's just better when it's they're on the other team, not your team. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, hey, I beat Joe Christofex, so we're good. Uh, that's all that matters. Beat Joe. I didn't, but we'll oh. go there. Well, we still got ten weeks or so. Yeah, we, I get another shot at him. I'll probably split with you both. I've won three out of the last four weeks. We're on a little bit of a roll. I beat the number one team last week. And then you steamrolled me because all my guys went on the COVID list. And you had, like, the best week of all time. Everybody's finally getting... My team is rounding into shape. Gelled. They're gelled. They're not going to They're not gonna floor as me, buddy. We ain't going to have those seven-game win losing streaks. <laughs> Oh man! I gotta call Joel a beat and give him a pep talk. Keep it up, big man. Jesus, he did that. I had him. I think it was two years ago, and he was great up until like I want to say it was like April, and then he like busted his knee fractured his face and just never played. He was non-existent. If he stays healthy, he's nasty. That, that he is. Sick. That he Sick. is. And, and we're going to, hey, we're going to do a special show this week. We with, are. With Sid the Kid. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take we're gonna do, are do a, a Pegasus show. We'll do a Pegasus show for sure. All right. So we got some things coming up. We got some things for everybody to look forward to. 
That's right. If, if we didn't dazzle you tonight with our talk about Bob Baffert, Hissa, um, fantasy Clips basketball, awards. and uh, our Eclipse Award oh. ballots that, that are fake, <laughs> nowhere to go but up after tonight's show. But thank yeah. you for listening. <laughs> we got to end on a high note. <laughs> <laughs> we do appreciate it. Um, and if you're at Tampa, please make yeah. sure you, you, you send a send a message or just look for the guys, the two tall guys. One's bald and the other's got Bandana. a bandana. Oh, yeah. Bandana's in effect, man. What color make, are you going to got a new style. New style for Saturday. New style bandana. Oh man, I might see a new some new stuff. Sounds like a plan, my man. All, All right, right, well, thank you, everyone. Seriously, thank you for listening. And uh, if you ever want to reach us, going in circles podcast at gmail, or hit us up on Twitter, or Facebook, or just about anywhere else. <laughs> Literally anywhere else. All right, we'll see you later.